Good morning, and welcome to uh, episode 13 of the ACE podcast. Um, I'm your host, Jason Chan, and um, this is a little bit of a different podcast today. I'll, I'll be doing a podcast uh, with a representative from PETA, uh, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. Uh, the representative is not here. Uh, all my podcasts have been in person. And this is the first podcast that I'll be uh, actually taking um, or calling uh, this person over the phone. And so this is my first phone podcast. So I'm uh, excited about that. Um, and I'm also excited to talk to somebody who is um, basically against the uh, sport of hunting. Um, I don't know too much about PETA. Uh, I spent uh, this morning on the website a little bit looking over um, their uh, their stance on certain things and there's actually a lot of things that I agree with and then um, but uh, of course hunting isn't one of them so uh, I reached out to PETA a couple of months ago and it took this long to actually get a representative to um, not to uh, agree to talk to me and just um, the it, it, it took probably about a week or so to actually get PETA to agree, actually, after going back and forth on some emails and talking about what the um, the substance of the conversation would be. And um, we both agreed that it would basically be uh, a conversation about hunting and a conversation about PETA's stance and, um, in contrast, uh, you know, my feelings on hunting. And uh, we're hoping that it's going to be a really... Um, productive conversation. So um, I'm going to give him a call here. Everything is, is being recorded. So and I just text him. His name's Clayton. And um, he knows that he's going to be being recorded as soon as he is called. So let's get into this. This is our we're doing this together for the first time. So um, let's let's call Clayton. Hello? Oh no, I don't know if I can hear Clayton. Hang on a second. Hello? Clayton, can you hear me? Clayton, can you hear me? Hang on. I can't hear you. Let me see what's going on here. How about now? Can you hear me now? How about now? Can you hear me? Okay, so we're having some technical difficulties here. Hang on. Okay, I think I got this thing fixed. Let's call Clayton again here. Hello? Clayton. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Sorry about that. I don't know what was going on there. This is my first time uh, 
no getting, problem, no problem. doing a, a phone call. <laughs> so, and I had a nice introduction too. I was like, oh, you know, and then I'm like, let's give Clayton a call. And then, oh, we can't hear Clayton. <laughs> so, um, am I correct? Your first name's Clayton? Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. Awesome. And your last name? Rutherford. Rutherford. R-U-T-H. E-R-F-O-R-D. Clayton Rutherford. Well, welcome, man. Uh, thank you for doing this. Um, we're actually recording, like I text you um, that I'd call you and we'd be recording uh, immediately. So thank you for allowing me to do that and do an introduction. Um, would you mind um, just telling us a little bit about your yourself um, and PETA? Sure. So I am the manager of research, research and content for Captive Animal Law Enforcement at the PETA Foundation. Um, I work with a team of lawyers, veterinarians, and other animal welfare experts to ensure that local, state, and federal agencies enforce laws that protect animals held captive in uh, circuses, roadside zoos, hunting ranches, um, and elsewhere. Um, PETA itself is the largest animal rights organization in the world. Um, the name stands for People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. Through undercover investigations, animal rescue demonstrations, uh, lawsuits, PETA works to end the use of animals used and killed in, in laboratory experiments for food, fashion, entertainment, or any other reason, including hunting, which is obviously what, what we're here to talk about. Okay, great. Um, yeah, thank you for disclosing all that. Um, I, like I said, um, kind of in my introduction, I, I don't know t a lot at all about PETA. I just know that um, from experience and my short experience in hunting has only been about seven years. Um, I just hear uh, certain organizations that stand against hunters, and it seems like your organization is is one of them. I think we both just disclosed that. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I guess my first, um, I guess, kind of question and or just topic to talk about is um, why do you feel uh, that uh, that we shouldn't hunt? Well, animals are intelligent, self-aware individuals with unique personalities. They feel pain and terror, just like any of us would if we were being hunted in our own homes or, or watching a family member be torn open by a bullet. Hunting is unnecessary and um, frankly, it's violence and, and it doesn't need to take place in today's world. I see. Um, Okay, um, and I, I agree with some of that, definitely. Um, it can be violent. Um, and, I, and let me just, uh, like a kind of side question as we get into this. Have you, you've, have you ever hunted at all in your life? I'm, I've never been a hunter. I, uh, I am based in Texas. I grew up in Arkansas. Um, I've certainly been around hunters and hunting culture but I was personally never a hunter. I see. And have you ever been, um, have you ever been close to a, like a legitimate um, hunt? Like, a, or 
What's the closest you've been to um, a hunting situation, or have you? I mean, I have I have family members who have hunted, and so I I know the the story, and I know I know the justifications for it. Um, but frankly, it's it's not something that I've ever been interested in, or um, something that I think needs to take place in today's world. I see. Um, you mentioned justifications. What what would those be? Would you would you agree with any justifications? No, I don't. I mean, you know, hunting might have been necessary for human survival generations ago, but today, most hunters stalk and and kill animals merely for the thrill of it, not out of necessity. Um, today, the vast majority of people get their food from the grocery store, and we have the option to choose compassionate vegan foods instead of the flesh of animals, and I think that that's, that's the right choice to make. Okay. So I guess it might start there as far as like our diet. Um, would you agree at least that um, we have the right to eat meat, like people have the right to eat meat? I mean, just hunting aside. I think that animals have the right to live um, and anything that impedes that right is, is the bigger concern. Um, You know, you, you can eat whatever food you want, as long as it doesn't involve harming someone else. And the fact is eating meat, whether it's from an animal raised on a factory farm or an animal shot out in their, their natural home, that animal didn't want to die. And I don't think there's, there's any moral justification for it. Okay. Um, I guess two points there. One would be, um, there's just so many people that eat meat, right? Um, so we can't, it doesn't seem like we'll ever get to a place where we outlaw eating meat in the world. Right. So that's not, uh, practical. I, I think, and I mean, I don't think it has to be an outlaw. I think, um, People, people are changing before laws change. Society changes before laws change in most cases. Mm-hmm. And people are shifting to a more compassionate diet. Um, you know, even in the last few years, vegan eating has, has exploded. And, you know, you'd, you'd be hard pressed to find a restaurant that, that doesn't offer vegan foods and certainly there's, there's no grocery store that doesn't offer vegan foods. So, I mean, the, the trend, the trend is headed in that direction and sure that there's going to be some holdouts for, for as long as they can. But the fact is that, that people recognize that animals are, are feeling beings, um, who, who have the right to live and, live a life free from suffering. Right. And, and I agree with some of that as well. Um, when, um, I, I, I guess we're going to meander through this topic a little bit, um, because you mentioned vegan, I can't, we going to have to dig into that a little bit, I guess. I, I have a lot of, uh, vegan friends and I agree with a lot of, uh, their food choices. Um, but just like with, um, I mean, I'm sure you go to the supermarket and get your, your food. Um, not a lot of us have the option of 
having our own farm to um, to you know to go outside and and get our own vegetables and fruits and 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 nuts and seeds and those kinds of things. So we are reliant on the grocery store. Would you agree? Uh, in in a lot of cases, certainly. I mean, in in today's society, it's it's very hard to avoid. Um, and I think you know, I. There, there are people who who grow a lot of their own vegan foods, but yeah, the the vast majority of people are going to the grocery store. I, I won't dispute that. Right, and so we're kind of like almost as a society feeding from the same trough, so to speak, in a way, um, because you know, of course, a lot of people who eat meat, even people who are against hunting that eat meat, uh, are you know going to the grocery store. You are, I am, you know, uh, we we all are. I try not to go to the grocery store as much as possible, and that's one of the reasons why I hunt, one of the many reasons. Um, but um, when uh, we eat packaged foods, because that's what we're doing, I mean, you're going to the grocery store, it's being packaged for you um, by a, a business. A lot of those businesses, whether it's um, uh, cattle farms, um, you know, factory farming, as you know, with, whether it's cows or pigs, um, and just like with vegan foods, um, from what I understand anyway, and I, I, I'm, you know, I don't know the facts on this, but I've done some reading, I've listened to a lot of different people speak on the topic and, and done a lot of research online, you know, whatever, if that means anything, but, um, but it seems to me like there's a lot of animals that die in the processing of of vegan foods um and i don't know if you would agree with that or if you know about that or if you've um even heard of that but when you're getting um you know food from you know big fields and they're um you know they're they're farming these fields um they're, they're using big machinery and clearing and and there's a lot of animals that uh or a lot of landscape i should say you know, I don't know how many millions of acres that are being used to to harvest those products, but there's that's landscape that you know you have even small animals, you know, mice, uh, you know, rodents, uh, birds, those kinds of things that are being killed, um, and those are animals just like deer, elk, um, but there's a lot of animals that way that are being killed um, in the processing uh, of of vegan. Uh, vegan foods would would you agree with that sure and i i appreciate that you um you put smaller animals like like mice on on the same level as deer or elk because that's that's the same position that we would take at PETA that uh no life is is too small or um you know too too minuscule to care about and for us it is about reducing suffering as much as possible and there are certainly more ethical uh vegan companies out there that um take take great pains to be careful about what land is used to uh, raise raise food on whether that's you know sustainable palm oil um you know that 
that doesn't involve destroying the rainforest or or small scale local agriculture, which um, you know certainly if if the food is vegan, PETA has no opposition to it. And I think uh, I think that's that's a great thing for people to think about um, in terms of their diet and and consider how how you can reduce suffering and have the most impact. But ultimately, if if you are killing an animal to eat them, that right there is is a direct contribution to suffering and that's that's a line that that we draw okay um would you agree with and like say you said an an elk and and let's say an elk and and a mouse right um the surface area is very different but would you would you say that both of their lives are equal certainly and and i would say that their lives are are just as equal as as yours and mine in terms of um their their desire to live and the, the their right to live. Sure, I also uh, two things I guess you know and, and I agree with you. I feel like our lives are are important, just like their lives are important. Um, but I would also, if there was a, a, a an alpha predator on this earth, whether it's uh, you know let's say it's you know T Rex was back <laughs> or something, and uh, I wouldn't want to. Uh, if T-Rex uh, was hunting me, I certainly wouldn't want to, to outlaw hunting. You know, T-Rex is hunting. I would just accept my my place in the food chain, so to speak, I guess. That's one. That's the first thing. And then the other thing is, and I could be wrong in that. I don't know. That's kind of how I'm feeling, I've, you know, from what you just said. And then the other thing is, is the surface area of a mouse versus an elk and being the same um, so what if I, I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm just, this is just going off my, you know, thinking, uh, what if I told you that, or if someone told you that, you know, uh, a million mice were killed, uh, you know, uh, a year and, um, half, half that those lives were killed in elk, um, you know, uh, this, this past year, you know, in hunting versus, the formation of like a, a vegan soy patty. What what would you say to that? Let's just say that that was true. I mean, because it seems like it would be. It seems like there'd be a lot more, say, a lot more of the small animals being killed than than bigger game animals that are being managed. Uh, you know, uh, by wildlife agencies is what I would think. Anyway, I don't I don't know that for sure. I would say you can find a better, more humane way to raise your soy paddy field uh, without displacing or harming mice. But if you're eating elk, you're eating elk and that animal is going to die. So there's there's no more more humane way to handle that situation. But there are other ways of, of rodent control. And, uh, you know, we, we can talk hypotheticals all day long. But ultimately, eating animals requires suffering. Eating plants does not require it. And certainly, it's not a perfect system. You know, that there are, there, there is suffering involved um, in, in most aspects of, 
of the way we operate today, but we have steps we can take and a personal step that everyone can take, whether they grow their own food, whether they go to the grocery store is to not eat animals. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think we could uh, agree to disagree on that topic as far as the suffering, because if, if we are moving in, uh, this this trend that you're saying more people are 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 vegan then of course there's going to be more surface area on the earth for those kinds of activities more land uh that's being cleared well i i mean i would i would disagree there because a lot of the land being cleared Mm -hmm. whether it's the the tropical rainforest or fields in texas it's being cleared to raise cattle Mm -hmm. and and, and, and a lot of the soy that's raised um, across the planet is raised to feed cattle. So, you know, you, you can get much more out of a piece of land if you're raising plants versus raising animals. And, and the fact is that land is being cleared for animal agriculture, not, not for plants. And I, I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. That's not really, really disputable, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree on the cattle part. There's a lot of land being cleared for, for that. There's a, or a lot of land allocated for, for, for meat that way. And I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. You know, I don't necessarily, you know, I'm, I, I love a ribeye steak just as much as any other meat eater out there. Um, but I, um, I would say that uh, I don't necessarily agree with, uh, with cattle, you know, like large scale cattle farming. I, I, I mean, I've, I've said this before on one of the podcasts, I've driven down, um, a stretch of, uh, highway in Northern California where, I mean, there was miles and miles of cattle just for the purpose of meat. And it, uh, the stench was overbearing. And I, when, when you look at it, it just, it, first of all, it doesn't smell or seem natural, you know? And number two, I, I just don't agree with how that's done being a hunter. Um, I guess you and I, we, we probably won't, we won't agree on the meat eating part, obviously, because I eat meat. I've, sure. I've, I've always had meat in my diet. I have had, I have, you know, this trend of uh, eating more vegetables and going vegan and that. I, I agree with a lot of that um, in that even my plate now is more vegetables and a little bit less meat, believe it or not. It used to be like just meat and potatoes, but I do eat a lot of vegetables and I do have slowed down on, on some of my meat intake, but I still, and I'm, I'm sure you're healthier for it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I feel great. Um, but I also, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm avid in my workouts and the protein really does help me. Now, uh, soy has a lot of protein, uh, correct? A lot of people sure. get protein from soy, but those fields, I've seen those fields and they're huge. And if the trend continues to where more people are uh, becoming vegan and eating more soy um, and more, of you know, just vegetables in general, I mean, I, I'm sure you have to agree that there's going to be more land. I mean, it just, that's just arithmetic, right? There's going to be I, more. I land. mean, no, I wouldn't because I would, what, what about all the land that currently is, is being used for animal agriculture like that that land can be repurposed into uh, to 
to plant-based ag agriculture. And I would go back to the, to the point I made that most soy is, is used for animal agriculture. It's not even for human consumption. So, um, no, I think, I think that there's certainly ways to, to produce enough plants, um, to meet, to meet demand. If, if humans were ready to all go vegan, I, I think, I think it could happen. And, and soy is certainly not the only source of protein. I once heard a doctor, um, say that over the protein debate, if, if a human ate 2000 calories of broccoli a day, they would get enough protein. You know, protein is not a legitimate concern, uh, when you're on a vegan diet, because it, it's in everything. Um, it's just a matter of, of eating a balanced diet and, and ensuring you're getting the nutrients you need, but it's, it's not hard to find, um, Mm. In, in any any foods mm. um yeah i mean I, there's certain things there i would agree with as well um again i am i don't have a, a, a lot to say about vegetables I, i'm not against them at all i mean I, if there was if they were able to repurpose some cattle land for 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 more vegetables i'm all for it i'm you know i'm not against that um it's more about the meat eating thing and um i also like I've stated, don't necessarily agree with, uh, you know, uh, like large scale anyway, cattle farming. Uh, so I guess getting back more on the, the hunting topic, um, I, uh, I, I respect you, I uh, respect your view on, on that, you know, ki the killing of animals just in general. Um, but if you were to compare just, okay, for example, you know, again, I mean, there's, I don't know what the percentage is of people who eat meat on this planet, but we're not all going vegan. That's just, it feels like that's not going to ever happen. I mean, I, you know, wishful thinking there, but it just doesn't seem like it would ever happen. Definitely not in our lifetime, right? So, um, so we could probably talk about that till we ran out of breath. But um, my thought is that if you're going to eat meat, wouldn't you say that it's, it's more ethical uh, to harvest your own meat if you were an ethical hunter rather than uh, having a cow, uh, for example, stand in, uh, or chicken, whatever it is, stand in one place and be fed until they're uh, morbidly, uh, grossly diseased in weight uh, to be harvest and, and being fed not their normal diet and living a life exactly like that you know your life the the life of that animal is what i just explained pretty much 99 percent of it probably standing in one spot getting fed for example a, a cow that should be eating grass is getting fed corn and uh standing in one spot and heavy basically legs breaking so that the farmer can or the the um the business can harvest that animal for this amount as, as much meat as possible, injecting antibiotics into it and, um, you know, staving off disease because they're so cramped in there together. If I was to compare that situation, that life of that cow to the, the life of a wild and free, uh, bull elk that's lived it's, you know, 12 years out in the forest free, you know, 
mating, par- you know, you're carrying on its genes, living that life, and then a hunter comes along and harvests that animal, you know, uh, and it's because that's what we do, you know, a lot of us anyway. And I'll, you know, I don't know that you know a lot about hunting, but a lot of us, what we do is we look for the animals that are at the end of their life cycle because we're, we're, we apply for tags, you know, it's not a free for all where we just Yahoo, we grab our guns and run out there and just start shooting animals in the butt and like wounding them. And I mean, it's a, if you're an ethical hunter, there's, uh, this is just scratching the surface in the positives about harvesting your own meat. You have allowed this animal, this elk, to live its free life out there, and then you've been issued a tag that maybe you've been waiting years for, and you get out there in nature, and it's not just also just harvesting that animal at that time. There's a lot that goes into harvesting the animal when when the animal finally uh, expires right there in front of you. There's scouting. There's, there's possibly years, you know, at least at the very least months of scouting for that animal or for animals like that once you've been issued a tag or even before you've issued a tag, you're putting in for that tag. And once you've drawn that tag, can you imagine the amount of just resources, gas, time, uh, amount of time you've spent in nature out there, you know, lowering your blood pressure, (laughs) Um, you know, taking your son or your daughter out there in the woods and showing them the woodpeckers and while you're out there with your binoculars scouting. It's, to me, if you put all that together, um, and I have more, I mean, I could give you much more than that, but just that right there compared to a, a cow standing in one spot for its entire life cycle eating corn and then getting a metal rod slammed through its head and then being sliced up and packaged in cellophane and uh, styrofoam to be slapped on the, the meat counter uh, for somebody to come by and pay six, seven dollars for it. Uh, you, you compare that to uh, what I just just again, scratching the surface to describe the amount of uh, culture that's involved in harvesting a bull elk or an elk or and and you can insert any animal here that big game into what i just said wouldn't you at least you may not agree with me on the meat eating part right so if you could put that aside for just a second and um and look at what uh the life cycle of those animals are and the the experience that the hunter the hunter's family, uh, the economy um, has benefited from uh, that uh, the harvest of that bull elk. Would you would you at least agree, or maybe not even agree, but at least give it its due to say, hey, okay, I can ki- I can underst- kind of understand where you're going with this because this this uh, this cattle's life uh, it certainly doesn't. Again, simple arithmetic certainly doesn't uh, compute with what I've just described in in harvesting uh, it, uh, an animal out in the wild. If you're an ethical hunter, so so here's the problem. I, I appreciate 
the, the graphic description you gave about the life of animals raised in the modern animal agriculture industries. That was, that was accurate. It was, it was honest. And, and I think your listeners need to hear that because I suspect even though you have, you have hunter listeners, you also have many people who are, are buying meat at the grocery store. So I think it's very important for them to hear that. The problem is you're presenting this as a binary situation with only two options. As if, as if your only two options to survive in this world are to buy meat at the grocery store or to kill an animal out in nature. And the fact is that those are not the only two options. So, you know, we could, we could talk about hypotheticals all day long. In the real world, there is a third option and that is to eat vegan. And, you know, I, I can't put that aside and pretend that that doesn't exist because it does. And, and that's, that's the reality we live in for, for hundreds, thousands of years, people have made a conscious decision to choose a diet that doesn't involve killing animals. And, and that can be done today just as well as it could have been done in the 1700s when, when people like Benjamin Franklin were doing it. So, you know, this, it, it doesn't have to be kill, kill an animal who's lived a miserable life or kill an animal who's lived a, a better life. There doesn't have to be any killing involved. And, and that's the option I would take every day of the week. I see. And I, I again, respect that. Um, the only thing I would say to that is that you're, you're speaking to a lot of people, millions, billions of people who eat meat. Sure. Right. And so I'm, I'm not saying we're, we're not up against a, a lot. We're up against a lot of money. We're up against um, a lot of traditions, but tradition is never an excuse for cruelty. Um, you know, you, you talked a lot about the traditions involved in hunting. Hunting can mean a lot of things to people. It, it can be a way to, to spend time with friends and family. It can be a way to spend time in nature like you were talking about. But it must be said that there are plenty of ways to do all of those things without tearing animal families apart, orphaning baby animals, and, and sentencing them to, to die in agony. Uh, fewer, fewer than 5% of Americans today hunt. And, and future generations will be even more horrified by the idea of killing for fun because ultimately you're not killing out of necessity. Um, in today's world, there, there is no reason that you have to do it. Um, it's a choice you're making and, and it's a choice that, that you don't have to make. Mm -hmm. But what if you ate meat and you had your choice was either that, uh, the graphic, description... you don't have to, it, that, again, that's, that's, those are not your two choices. There, there's more than two choices in the world. And eating meat is not a requirement. Eating meat is not the healthiest option either, I would point out. You know, we, we don't have to get into all of that because I know this is a hunting podcast and I'd like to, like to talk about that. But eating vegan is a healthier option. And, you know, doctors and, and medical organizations have, 
have pointed out that that eating plants reduces risk of, of heart attacks, of cancer, uh, you name it. What you put into your body has an impact and, and plants are the better option. Right. Um, so the thing, I guess the, what I would say is that um, it's, it's difficult. Um, it's a difficult situation to be put in if you are, um, if, if you've been eating meat your whole life and you, you have a, a, a lifestyle that way um, and that your, your family eats meat and um, again. And to be clear, to be clear, I grew up eating meat. I grew up in Arkansas. I did not, you know, I'm not some, you know, some guy from New York City who was born and raised vegan. I grew up in Arkansas. My, my entire family eats meat. The, the only people in my family who doesn't eat meat are the, the people that live in my household with me, my wife and my daughter. And, you know, I, I grew up in Arkansas. I live in Texas. I'm surrounded by the culture of meat eating. I, I know the culture. But I can make my own choices. I, I have that, that power, just like you do, just like all of your listeners do, to make a better choice for yourself for the planet and for animals. And, you know, it, when it, when it comes down to that, I think, I think it's an easy choice. Mm -hmm. But just like you have a choice to be vegan, uh, other people have a choice to eat a hamburger, right? Uh, sure. But so my choice to be vegan is reducing suffering while that choice is contributing to it. But you, I think that's a difference. You agreed though, that eating vegan does kill animals. I agreed that in our current system, there is some, some suffering built into it. But I also pointed out that there are, there are ways to, to eat vegan in a way that reduces the most amount of suffering. And, and yes, we need to be calling on the, the companies that we purchase foods from to, to make better choices and to make more responsible choices to take care of the environment and the animals who live in it. But the choice that we can all make ourselves is to not participate in the killing of animals. And whether you're going out with a gun yourself or you're buying meat at the grocery store, that's direct participation. Mm -hmm. Um, so if we get a, could you agree at least on this, like both, both diets kill animals? I, I think that as, as I pointed out, there are ways to reduce suffering. And if you are eating an animal, you are contributing to suffering, not reducing it. Okay. Uh, this I like this conversation is good because I'm I'm learning a lot from you and uh, and uh, I appreciate that. Um, I I will say uh, that I, even though I've asked you the question a couple times, I think that I mean, and you could disagree, but I think that both diets are killing. Uh, w whether it's the same amount of animals, if you want to do math, or v vegan diets kill more animals. And, and you yourself said that, uh, you know, a, a mouse is the same as an elk. It doesn't matter. Um, but if I was to make a choice, um, 
of, of one of the diets that kills less animals, and again, you can, uh, I want to hear your response to this, and I, I welcome that. If I wanted to pick a diet if, that killed less animals, it seemed like, anyway, uh, from, from our conversation, and I don't know the numbers, but it would be eating meat. It'd be, uh, well, at least hunting, right? Um, and then on top of that, wouldn't hunting, if I was going to get my meat that way, wouldn't it be more ethical than eating the ribeye steak from the grocery store? The problem is we're talking in hypotheticals without real numbers. If you can present to me numbers that suggest a thousand mice are killed by vegan agriculture for every one animal killed in animal agriculture, we can we can discuss and debate the morals involved. But we're we're not talking about real numbers because you admitted you don't know mm-hmm. what the numbers are. So, you know, I'm not I'm not going to agree to something that isn't based in in actual hard facts. But as I've said, there are ways that that we can encourage companies to to be more responsible and and to take care of those mice in the field that they're using. To, to raise plants on without killing them. Whereas if you're going to eat an animal, last I checked, there's no way to eat one unless they are killed. That right there is the end of that discussion as far as I'm concerned, because, you know, mice can, can be moved without being killed. You can't eat an animal without killing them. Right. Um, okay. No, I, I, I understand that one. Um, and yeah, I don't know when that could be done, like, or how you could convince those, uh, companies, which are, I mean, as they make more money, they just get bigger and bigger, um, convince those vegan companies of, uh, you know, I'm sure they would do what they can not to kill those small animals that, uh, but uh, but I don't know that that would ever end. So it seems to me anyway, and I, again, we could just agree to disagree on that, but it seems anyway that um, it seems like both, whether you're eating vegan or you're eating uh, uh, meat, both are, are, are killing animals, right? So um, if you were to do away, if you were to do away with hunting altogether, uh, would you do that today? Absolutely. Just like I would do away with, with animal agriculture if I could today. I understand the the reality of that and that um, societal change is, is slow moving. Um, but as I pointed out, hunting is, it's frankly, it's on its way out. Um, you, you are one of fewer than 5% of Americans hunting today. Um, the, the last statistic I heard, there were more vegans in America than hunters. So, uh, you know, we, we got you outnumbered there. Um, but the, the fact is that that it's not necessary um, and, and, it, and it's violence and unnecessary violence. I think we should all should all work to end that. Mm-hmm. But um, are you familiar with like some of the acts, like the Pittman Robertson Act, like and their funding for uh, for uh, 
you know, all things hunting as far as like uh, excise taxes on firearms and that kind of thing and ammo and. Um, um, are you? I'm not. I'm not familiar with the ins and outs of that. No. Okay. Well, uh, I just I'm, I'm scratching the surface here as far as like uh, you know the amount of money, but there's millions and millions of dollars that go into the protection of wildlife, um, and a lot of the funding, uh, and somebody else out there listening could maybe correct me if I'm wrong on this, but a lot of the funding. Um, that goes into the conservation of wildlife comes from hunters. I don't, I don't know if you knew that. I, I, I know the argument, but what, what makes no sense is that that hunting licenses or, or taxes from, from weapons or ammo fund habitat management. The vast majority of Americans oppose hunting and like, like most blood sports, it's dying out quickly as a new generation of people recognize that animals are part of our environment. And, and they're not just moving targets to kill for fun. Barely anyone in America hunts, but because their purchases fund wildlife agencies, they enjoy a disproportionate say in how how those agencies and 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 how public lands are managed, and I I don't think that that um, that that's fair, frankly. And, and selling licenses to kill animals under the guise of of conservation or or population management is just a way to generate revenue um, by by encouraging people to 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 blow away animals who are simply trying to live and be left alone. Mm -hmm. So um, what I would say, what I would say to some of that is that uh, as a hunter um, and, you know, buying the tags, buying the guns, ammo, everything that uh, camping equipment, gas, um, just everything that and spending the time, like, you know, all the resources that go involved uh, that are involved with it. Um, just as a hunter's point of view, in my opinion, uh, I guess, and my opinion doesn't mean anything, but <laughs> in my opinion, um, there's a lot of of uh, hunters out there that I've, you know, you don't rub shoulders with hunters, I do, um, or I don't know if you do, but I do a lot, and we love animals. I mean, we love to see animals on the landscape. Uh, we we want conservation. I speak. I I will speak for hunters out there in saying that. We, we, and as a new hunter, right, it's like I said, seven years in, but I know that, if I know anything, is that hunters love animals, and a lot, we are happy that our, our, uh, our dollars go into the preservation of animals, go into um, uh, helping the, the game management, uh, or the state game management organizations uh, fund projects, fund salaries, uh, or wherever that money goes. Uh, you know, I wish I knew. I, I need to be a little bit more uh, studious in that. But we, we're happy that those dollars go in there. And when we out, we're out there in the forest and we don't see animals, we're, we're upset, right? And we're not looking just for So tell me, why, why are you upset? Is it because you don't have an animal 
no, no, shoot. No, no, I was just going to finish my point there. What I was going to say, and the reason why we're upset is because we don't, we're not, we're not out, first of all, we're not out there just to shoot animals. That's not where, why we're there. Yeah, hunting, it, it, it's, the, it's called hunting. It's not called killing, right? So, yes, part of it is. I mean, that's, it's, a, it's a euphemism. Well, no, no, no. Just, no, like, no. just well, like earlier you said, um, you said something about uh, harvesting animals and um, an, an animal expiring. You don't harvest an animal, you kill an animal. An animal doesn't expire, they die. These are all euphemisms to, to cover up the reality of what's happening. Um, and, you know, well, some people I, say no matter which way you take it, hunting is killing. And, you know, game managers establish how many animals hunters are allowed to kill in order to, to reduce populations artificially, which, which frees up available resources and causes animals breeding to increase. Uh, and predators, meanwhile, I don't know how you feel about um, predator hunting, but predators are killed off to keep the number of game species high for human hunters. True conservationists pay to keep animals alive. And, and people who, who truly appreciate wildlife can find other ways to, to show that appreciation instead of killing them and, and to your point about financial incentive according to a survey by the u.s fish and wildlife service this is not PETA. this is the u.s fish and wildlife service which is is by no means you know someone who aligns with with my views on everything in 2016 the most recent numbers available wildlife watchers these are people who go out simply to watch wildlife, spent nearly $50 billion more than hunters did on wildlife-related recreation. $50 billion more. The, the number of wildlife watchers is increasing while the number of hunters is declining. People want to see wildlife in their natural habitats, but they don't want to gun them down. And there are, there are ways to to financially support the protection of wildlife without buying guns, without buying ammo, and without buying licenses to kill animals. So is that number per per animal watcher versus per hunter or collectively? Because that's a big difference now. You just got through saying that we're outnumbered, like we it's only 4% of us. So it would make sense then that you know animal watchers collectively would spend more money but if you put us one by yeah, sure. But if you were to put if you were to do one like a hunter versus an animal watcher, there is no way that the animal watcher spends more money in the in in the economy than a hunter. I can tell you that from experience. I've spent more money than I care to talk about when it comes to hunting. I'm embarrassed by the amount of money I spend on uh gas and food and you know and uh and yeah guns and ammo and 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 clothing and uh camping gear and uh you know airline tickets and uh but my know. point my point is that if if hunters are such a small percentage of the population and and i don't i don't know off the top of my head the specifics of how that those numbers were calculated but when hunters are such a small percentage of the population, and as I just pointed out, such a small percentage of the money 
being raised through wildlife recreation, then it, then it doesn't need to be happening. And hunters should not have the influence they have over how public lands are managed when they have such a small percentage in terms of of the people involved and and the money involved well i would differ i, I okay we, this the, the economics of this might be a different conversation so i'm prepared to tell you how much money we spend but i know that we spend a lot i mean i i mean i i mean i'm I, it's got to be billions of dollars a year at least on on what hunters spend and the amount of taxes, I don't know. I, I know it's an 11% excise tax on the, the Pittman-Robertson just alone. So I know that, that a well, lot of... And sure, that's a lot of money. But money money can be raised in other ways, uh, you know. But wouldn't you agree that's a small I, that's a small portion? You said 4%. For a 4% to be raising just... I mean, and again, that's not... I don't know that that's correct. It could be a heck of a lot more than that. But... If just four percent of us are raising that amount of money for uh, wildlife management, wouldn't you? I mean, that's that's a lot of money, isn't it? I mean, I don't want I don't want everybody hunting. I mean, I don't want everybody out in the forest. Um, and you, it, it's a minority of us, yeah. And I I I, I got to be honest, I kind of like that because I I certainly don't want uh, a ton of people. Whoops, are you hearing that? I should have. I should have silenced my text messages. I got this. Anyway, um, I, I didn't I, hear anything. I, I certainly don't want um, uh, all those people out in the forest. And and I hate to say I'm, I'm even though I just <laughs> went on a on a rant about like you know factory farming and and so many people eating meat and buying ribeyes and and in such a terrible way. It'd be nice if a lot if more people hunted, but I wouldn't want a ton of people out in, in the forest. But um, I don't know. To your point, I just feel like, um, again, going back to, you know, uh, I, th I feel like we just glazed over that point of, uh, you know, the elk versus the, 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 that cattle standing there. I feel like that's such a big deal. That's a really big deal because that elk is going to feed a lot of people almost as much as, you know, that cow would feel or would, would, um, would, uh, feed. And, I feel like um, if you compare the lives of the elk versus that cow, um, I just I don't know that there's any comparison. And I, and I get your point. You know, everybody should be vegan. I I understand. I mean, I'm under, trying to understand that. I, it's, I don't feel like that'll ever happen. And you know, uh, I, I'm the only thing I could say is a lot more people would would be eating vegetables, and that's great. But I feel like if you're comparing life to life uh, and knowing, being practical about the fact that people are not just going to stop eating meat, if you were com going to compare that uh, that cattle versus that elk, I don't think that there's any comparison in the life of, well, that, I gotta ask of, you that, then, of that animal. I, yeah, I feel like you're saying two different things. You're saying that, that hunting is better for the animal. Mm-hmm that people are not going to stop eating meat mm -hmm. but in our previous conversation you just said you don't want more hunters no, so, no no that's my that's my own personal this is my my selfish personal view on the on that just because and i'll explain myself there just because i i like being out in nature and not having um a lot of other people out there 
I mean, that to me, that's the point of getting out there. Sure, but you can't have it both ways. If you if you truly believe that hunting is best, then then you should want more hunters. But the problem is, I've, I'm sorry to tell you that hunting is is on the decline. And maybe maybe you feel better about that because you, pretty soon you might be the only one out there. Um, <laughs> and you know, how about it? But the the fact is, it is on the decline. And you you can't have it both ways is is my point point. Mm-hmm. so if if you want to take a moral stand and your moral belief is that that hunting is best i certainly am not going to agree with you on that but how how can you selfish or otherwise how can you how can you take that and say i'm i'm happy that more people are going to the grocery store to get that cow who lived. No, I don't mean it that a miserable way. Life. I certainly don't mean it that way. I don't mean that I'm so, not... okay. So then you agree with me that you want more vegans. You want you want fewer hunters, but you don't want cows being killed. Therefore, we need more vegans. So we're in agreement. Sounds good. No, <laughs> we are. We we might be there. I mean, I certainly don't mind more vegans. Like I said before, I don't I, I don't at all mind the that your diet. I think uh, what you're doing, if it if you're healthier with that, then you know more power to you. And I don't necessarily, um, you know, I don't have an organization uh, for the the rights of mice, you know, like to where I'm like uh, trying to tell you not to go out there and and farm fields and kill mice and that. I I I feel like everybody, no one's gonna get their way on this completely, right? We're not. Uh, I'm. You're not gonna. You know, Peter's not gonna go away. You know, I don't feel like hunters are going to go away. I know you say that we're on the decline. I might, I might disagree with you on that. I feel like we're, we're not on the decline. I feel like we're, uh, a lot more people are hunting these days. Um, and I I, mean, you, you feel like it or there's, there's numbers to back it up because I mean, I, I did some research ahead of this and every, everybody says less than 5%. Well, and that's that's dropping that's dropping year over year. I, I mean, well, you know, fifty years ago it, it was over ten percent. Oh wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was over ten percent at one time. Um, I, I I would say this about uh, the numbers. I've just noticed in when I the people that I run into and being out there and talking with uh, I don't know if you've listened to any of the podcast episodes that I've had so far, but. Speaking with a lot of the wildlife biologists, a lot of people have told me that there's an increase in the amount of hunters. There's an increased amount of licenses being sold. There's an increase in um, um, certain areas with tags and that kind of thing. Um, so, so that's how I see that. Let me let me touch on one thing that I really wanted to touch with you on. Not to uh, to sidetrack this conversation because I like this. I'll, we can keep going with this one too. But I just something came across my my radar here. I was thinking about and um, as I was talking about the wildlife biologists, I speak with a lot of those people, wildlife biologists, right? And they these people are so passionate about um, about animal welfare. They're so passionate about wildlife, and a lot of them I've I've met are hunters, right? And so, what what would you say to to that aspect of it? Meaning that. Uh, specifically specifically the question would be 
what would you say about wildlife management itself? Like what these wildlife biologists are doing as far as allocating tags um, for certain for the for certain amounts of animals because of the carrying capacity on the landscape. And what I mean by that is, and I know I, I feel like you already know what carrying capacity is, but just maybe for the audience, uh, carrying capacity, from what I understand, uh, is just basically the amount of animals that a certain amount of land can sustain, right? So if you have um, X amount of deer on a landscape and they are eating um, all that they can eat and they're eat and, and not all of them can survive um, on that landscape, then they at some point have to be managed, meaning that some have to be removed from the landscape, right? So... How would you remove those animals? Because I've seen on your website, you don't agree, or your your uh, uh, PETA doesn't agree, which I love, doesn't agree with the the reintroduction of predators. And I, I have to say I agree with that in some situations, right, or most situations. Um, so how would you manage, for example, elk and or deer on a certain landscape where an actual scientist, a doctor, comes in and studies those animals, studies the landscape and says, there are too many animals here. They're breeding out of control. We need to reduce these numbers. What, what, how would you do that? The problem is that this, this relies on the assumption that, that we know best, number one, for for what that capacity is. And number two, that we should play a role. Mother nature has been balancing animal populations for hundreds of millions of years. The planet doesn't need any help from people with guns. Conservation is about protecting wildlife and their habitats, not turning their habitats into killing fields or, or hanging an animal's head on the wall. You know, the, the earth could handle itself if humans simply got out of the way. And often when, when you're talking about uh, an overpopulation problem, the problem isn't the animals, it's the humans in that area who are feeding the animals and, and giving them, you know, more resources than they naturally would have. And that's where you start seeing problems. And if humans get out of the way, populations will balance themselves because that's that's how the planet works and that's how it's worked for millions of years. But Clayton, that's not exactly true, though, is it? We've always coexisted. We've always lived with animals. Like, what, what do you mean? Like, there's never been, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's, when has there ever been a time where we've never coexisted we've always lived with animals so that's that is how we've managed them you, yeah so let's what, what let's you, coexist and live with them not kill them but that's, that's how, my point Let, the, let's coexist but that's how you and i are talking right now that's how you you admitted that when we first started talking that that's how you and i that's how our civilization has evolved from hunting We've hunted animals I, from the beginning of whenever. I, well, you're putting words in my mouth. I did. I have not had a single 
word with you about civilization no, no, when and, we, and hunting no, and, and evolution. No, when we first talking, when we were first talking, didn't didn't you say something along the lines of you under you can understand how we began where hunting used to be part of our culture because of you know where we were in society, but now that we have options to get meat without hunting, without killing animals ourselves, didn't you? You, I'm, you didn't say all these words, but wouldn't you agree that you and I are sitting here talking because our forefathers hunted? I mean, I mean we we can go back millions of years and talk about evolution, but. Today we have a choice. So, so why why are we rehashing the past that we can't change, and and instead focusing on today? We I mean, are, we are for, the, for thousands of years we've been able to make a choice, and and we we can make the choice not to kill animals. I mean, it's this it's it, there's no real gray area here. Um, no, you I meant kill what, animals or not. What I meant was the management, right? So the, the, this conversation started uh, more about management. Like I'm talking about a doctor, a scientist actually out there studying, you know, somebody who has more knowledge than me and you put together, you know, like maybe. But or, keep in mind, this is a scientist who whose job relies on selling hunting licenses. No, well, I mean, that aside, it's not it's not that they're doing it for hunting licenses. They're doing it because they love. I've talked a lot. I mean, I'm sure you've talked to a lot of wildlife biologists. They love what they do. They love animals, and it's their job to study them. I mean, a lot of these people suffer, like financially and and culturally, just suffer in their lives socially until they finally get a, a job that, you know, that can sustain them just because of their love for animals. I've talked to people like this. And so they're not, they're not in it for like, you know, I'm just here because, you know, there's, you know, uh, you know, there's hunting licenses as far as funding. I don't, I don't believe that that's part of it at all. I think that's a side. Product. I don't, all this talk about love and animals. I, if you love somebody, you don't hurt them. That's, that's the way I see it. Um, you know, maybe, maybe we have a, a differing view on what love means, but that's that's fundamental to to my beliefs is is reducing suffering and doing as little harm as possible. Um, and you know whatever whatever justification you come up with, hunting harms. Left alone, nature can regulate animal populations based on predator and prey relationships, the availability of food and habitat, like I was talking about, a lot of times overpopulation is a result of human actions, not a result of some natural uh, issue with, with an animal population. Selling licenses to kill animals, claiming that, that the animals might starve or they might get sick because there's too many in one spot, is just a way to generate revenue by encouraging the worst in human behavior. Mm. Uh, I uh, we could um, we could maybe close on that uh, that topic that you just mentioned there, loving something and, and killing it. I, I like that because I that's a conundrum that I've been wrestling with, and and I would love to talk about that. But I just wanted you to, if you could, maybe just touch on that my question. Um, if you're talking to an expert, somebody who knows more than you on this topic, 
that has studied the landscape and has studied the animals and they've that dedicated their lives to doing this and their the outcome of their research has has yielded this we need to remove a certain amount of deer from this from this landscape this particular landscape what would you say to to the expert somebody who knows more than you i'd ask him why and what if, why, what if they explained it? How did you reach this conclusion? And ultimately, why is this a problem? Okay. Because, like I said, I think I think you'll find out that the problem is that you know humans are encroaching on their habitat, or humans are feeding them and and leading to uh, to an abundance of resources that they wouldn't naturally have, and then the solution is to address the human behavior because that's what we can change. We can't change a wild deer's behavior, but we can change our behavior. And that's what I think this is all about. We, we can make choices for ourselves and we can make those choices with other animals in mind. And I think, I think that's, that's the least we can do is to consider another species in our decisions. Right, right. Uh, and I uh, I don't have any argument with you there. Um, I guess my big thing was just if an expert was to tell either you or me something and we asked for an explanation and then they gave it to us, we may not like it uh, that a certain amount of, you know, uh, species need to be reduced from a certain uh, area. You know, we, we may not like it, but um, if an expert you know, did this, you know, put in the time and what, not just the time in studying that particular landscape, but the amount of time in getting the title that they have, whether it's a PhD or whatever, and telling you that, hey, this is what needs to happen here. Um, I certainly would respect that, I think. Um, yeah, but I don't respect it, but that doesn't mean blindly follow it. Um, you know, true. people have been wrong and um, people can be wrong again. Mm -hmm. And you know, past past mistakes and and past past issues of human behavior that have have led to problems with wildlife um, is no justification to to continue killing them. Find another solution. Uh, you know, right? maybe that means stopping stopping development in that area so that there is enough space for the animals to to have their their forest homes but um, it's, it's not just space I, think, I don't feel like it's just not to cut you off there clayton but i don't feel like it's it's i know you've mentioned uh human presence but in these areas that i'm talking about these let's say a game management unit there there might not be any uh, uh i mean a lot of times there's no there's nobody around it's just the amount of the the animals are populating uh so fast and eating so much of you know their food source that they can't sustain that they would starve basically you know and so if a if a somebody someone in uh, you know that's studying this tells you that we need to remove certain amount they've done the research over the year and said hey yeah we have um you know 30,000 over here we need to reduce it by a thousand or whatever those numbers are then i certainly would respect that and i if there was an option of removal i i certainly would at least, you know, give hunters a chance to do that just because of the things that I just kind of described 
as far as our culture, you know, the amount, you know, and, and put the put the the economics aside that go into it. I mean, that's a big part of it, I feel. But, you know, put that aside. I've learned I've learned so much. I've I've and this is, again, I think this is the most important thing. But again, this is something on the side. I've I'm a better person uh, since I've started hunting. I've learned to appreciate uh, so many things uh, out in nature and wildlife. And I've become more of a conservationist uh, as as a hunter than I than I ever have. I've thought about animals more than I've ever have in these past seven years that that I have in my entire life. And this goes into uh, the love and the hate that I kind of wanted to close with. And I first of all, I appreciate the time that you've given me today. We were going to do a half an hour and then we went to an hour and now we're at an hour and 12, 12 minutes. <laughs> so. Clayton, I can't thank you enough for talking to me this long. I really appreciate it. Um, but uh, yeah, well, I, I appreciate you having having me on to to share my my perspective on it. No, and I respect that. You know, I, let me let me say this before I want to talk about the love and hate, or, or the love and then the killing. I before this podcast, I said to myself for a quick second, I said this this morning before I got on with you, I said, "There's no way this guy's gonna uh, uh, convince me." not to be a hunter, not, not to, uh, not to do something I love. And then I stopped myself and I said, you know what? I think he could, I really do. Cause I'm that open about it. I'm like, I'm, I love animals that much to where I would be open to you saying something to me today to say, you need to really think, rethink about how you, uh, live your life. And you have impressed on me a lot today. Number one, I'm going to, you know, I gotta, I'm getting ready to go to work here, but um, I'm going to go to work, and when it's some downtime, I'm going to look into to vegan. I'm going to look into, like, what that... I never really looked into it. I just know that I've eaten more vegetables, but I'm going to actually, like, give it a... Not saying I'm going to turn into a vegan, but uh, I'm going to actually look at the diet. I never have really looked at it. I've, I'm going to take a real good look at it and what, it, what, what that entails. Uh, and I think you will find, I, I think you will find that the health benefits, the ethical benefits, the environmental benefits, which I know you, you, you've talked a lot about conservation. And so that I suspect the environment is, is pretty important to you. The, they're so astronomical that w- once you learn it all, you, you can't help but make any other choice and i i would encourage you go go visit our website peta.org um you know we have tons of information about vegan eating about about all of those benefits i just mentioned and and we've got resources to to help you get started um you know and if if it's it's if it's important to you for um you know you you mentioned you don't like going to the grocery store you can eat vegan growing your own plants and, and going to the local farmers market to supporting to support local farmers um you know organically grown ethical small-scale agriculture you can eat an extremely healthy and, and fulfilling diet um with without harming animals and i think i think that that as you as you learn more about this and, and i really hope you do um spend some time looking into it i think i think it'll be a really easy decision for you okay well i 
I respect that. I'm going to look into it. I'm not saying that I'm going to be vegan because I love hunting, okay? But I'm going to look into well, hey, it. Hey, we're, we're going to turn this podcast into a vegan one, and I'll, I'll come on all the time. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope you come on again no matter what, But because uh, I've really liked this conversation. I, You know, I, I'll say this, too. This is really cool because we have two – it's two of us talking here that are – we just we we almost violently disagree with uh, which eat with each other right i mean um i feel like there's we're so passionate there's so much that we would do to to save our what we believe and i think that that's i don't know if you agree with me on this or if you're into politics at all but i feel like that's what's going on in our country that's such a big problem right now is that we don't talk to each other we don't when we're the people that are on the other side of a topic I feel like we're not spending the amount of time listening, letting the other people talk, not interrupting them, just letting them like, you know, really, really listening and hearing what they're saying and saying, okay, I get it. I get it. And then coming back with, you know, something that you feel like um, is, you know, in contention with what they're saying and having a legitimate uh, gentlemanly uh, debate about it, you know, and I feel like that's what's missing in our in our culture today, and so that that more than anything, uh, and I appreciate you accepting uh, this conversation uh, and talking with me, and ex- and again talking with me this long. Uh, we certainly didn't think it was going to go this long, but um, but I really do uh, respect your position, and like I said, I'll look into it, you know, I, I, you know. You don't seem that you would look into hunting, but uh, I would certainly look into uh, a vegan diet um, and what what all it entails and compare it to what I'm doing. And you know, because I want to feel better. You know, I I'm all, I'm into health and I want to and, and I want to uh, you know uh, extend my life and I want longevity in my life and happiness and all the things that you want. But I do love being outdoors. I love the. Um, I can't put this any other way, but I love the primal aspect of hunting. I feel like it's illuminated uh, um, a place in my heart that has been vacant, you know, and uh, I, I've told people this before in the past, and I don't know who my my grandfather was or my great-grandfather and, and so on, but I feel like somewhere in my lineage somebody hunted, um, or maybe a lot of them did, and it's part of my kind of genetic makeup. And it's something that I just recently discovered that's really made a big difference in my life. Um, and I learned so much from being out there and I've, I've learned to be a better person. Uh, and I, I'm so, you didn't know me before I started hunting. It's not like I was this terrible person, but I certainly I'm a better person now from, from being a hunter, just more ethical and living a better life and making better decisions. And, you know, again, far I from, would, far I would from, argue I would argue you're a better person because you're spending time in nature and, you know, spending time in nature can work wonders for a person, but there are ways to do it without hunting. No, and, I, have, the thing is, know, I, I love hiking. I love, I love going out to see, to see wildlife, but I don't, I don't do it with killing them in mind. And I think, I think you'll find that you'll have the same, same positive benefits of that time out there. You mentioned, you know, lowering your blood, blood pressure, you, you can do all that and and go out and you know take that take that moment to to take a pause and and take a breath and and see see the world that we live in and i think if you do it 
with the eyes of a non-hunter, of someone going out to just appreciate it for what it is, not for what it can do for you, I think I think you'll you'll see even more benefits that way. But but Clayton, I did that. Like I I've been at in the outdoors. It's not it's it's the hunting itself that made me better. It's the I'll just give you like a quick example. You're not going to want to hear this, but I I have injured animals being a new newer hunter in the past. And I've walked up on the animal injured and I've felt uh, just hurt myself, terrible about it, you know, about what not being a good shot and making a big decision and, and, and screwing it up and and, you know, wanting to do better, being a better uh, marksman, uh, being a better just a better hunter, a better person in general. It, and that's just one thing. What's one thing out of a thousand things that I've learned from being out there? I've been, I've done, been out in the the, the ocean. I've been like in in nature plenty, so I I know what that does. I'm talking about hunting in general, and that this is for this, of course a different conversation, longer conversation probably if I was to get into the specifics of what I'm trying to say. But um, it's the hunting that's made me better, man. I mean, I'm just being honest with you, like and and. You may not understand that. You might understand it after I go into it a little bit further, or you might not want to hear that, but it's true. I'm just telling you. I mean, I, I, I got no reason to lie to you. Hunting has made me uh, uh, eons of a better person uh, now than I've ever been, and I feel like I'm getting better the more that I spend out there and the more that I spend around animals and the more that, I, believe it or not, do stalk, I stalk animals, and, the, and I feel like it's there's a lot that goes into it. It sounds... Arcade. I would just it's I like, would just say that being being a better hunter doesn't doesn't necessarily mean being a better person and, and being a better shot doesn't make you a better person. Like sure, you know, I No, know, no, no, it's not that. It's not just the better shots shot. is a big problem. Um, you know, bow hunting wound rates that the rate of, of animals who are wounded but not killed, they're at fifty percent which means for every animal killed, at least one more escapes only to endure a slow and agonizing death. And so, I mean, sure, Clayton, you and not... I agree we don't want to see that, but you don't you don't have to hunt to be a good person. No, no, Clayton, I, I, I agree with that. I, and it's not just the specifics, um, you know, focused on just, oh, I'm a, I need to be a better marksman. It's I need to make better decisions, right? That's just that's that's what I got out of that situation. I need to be better. It's not just I need to be a better marksman. I need to be a bit better predator. I need to stalk better. I need to be a, be a better killer. It's more of like I need to I I need to be better. I because you feel because you feel that hurt. you and I would take different things there because I would in that scenario I would I would walk away and say. To be a better person, I'm not going to shoot another animal. Yeah. Not not improve my shot so that I get them next time. Just don't shoot them. Well, I couldn't. You don't bring, need to. I think the big thing is is I I always and I do that because I don't like. I I'll tell you this. You know, it it doesn't get any better with with another animal that I harvest. I don't I don't feel any better about it. So it's not like I, I go out there to kill. It's it's more about the process that goes into it and can, not bringing myself to, um, you know, making a comparison of picking up that ribeye versus 
harvesting the meat myself. I feel like there is no comparison there when I think about the life of that cow, you know, that I'm, I'm contributing to. But um, I wanted to close with the love and, the, and, um, and uh, how can you love an animal and kill it? Uh, and I, you know, I have to tell you, you know, this might end on a weird note, but I, I can't answer that. You know, the only the only thing I could say to that is that I it's something that I continue to wrestle with because I don't like killing. I don't like to see the animal dead. I really don't. I mean, there's a when you see hunting videos of people high fiving and 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 clapping and whatever they're doing. I can't say that I haven't done that because I have because of the amount of work that it took, just like I disclosed the months, the years uh, of, of scouting, of finding the animal that you really want to harvest, and then knowing that this animal is going to be on the table and you're going to share with other people in the story and, you know, just all the things that went into that. That's the only thing that I could say that if I w- was going to compare the love to the, 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 that, what you would say I need to just come out and say is killing, the love versus the killing, that's the only thing that I would say is that there's so much more love that goes into it than you, than you would realize. And that's why I asked you if you've ever been on a hunt before and you haven't. And so um, not saying that you don't know what, what I'm talking about, but I feel like you're, you're so against it that you definitely wouldn't do it or you wouldn't, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't want, I don't want to speak for you, but it doesn't seem like you would be the type that would even want to, come and see what it is like, um, especially over the course of months and months of scouting and looking and, and trying to find the certain animal that you feel like needs to be removed and, you know, those kinds of things. There's a lot that goes into that. And it's, it's a process that um, I don't know, Clayton, that you would ever understand. But I guess I'm just asking that from you today is that if you could maybe just like I would I'm getting ready to go I'm late for work now but <laughs> just like I'm getting ready to go to work and you know on my my little uh, you know t- uh, you know times that I have that I can get on the internet and look at vegan I would just ask that you um, you know find it someplace in your heart to like know that what we're doing as hunters is not what you would think as barbaric killing because a lot of us look at hunting in, and I maybe I've not articulated it in such a great way today, but I have this passion for it that you you have no idea, you know. And it's not about the killing; it's about the actual process of of uh, of being a hunter, the actual culture of it. And um, I wish that you could understand, you know, me and understand like where I'm coming from with it. Um, and, you know, I'm hoping that one day you will and maybe, you know, maybe one day you'll look look up hunters and look up cer- certain things that uh, that happens in our culture um, and maybe try to find some understanding there. But I, I certainly uh, respect you for your uh, your your stout uh, position on it and your and and I respect you for how strongly you believe in not killing animals and you know i I feel like that's um that's uh that's commendable man so um i'm glad that you you gave me the time to talk with you today we actually made it to an hour and a half (laughs) so uh i'm super stoked man um and uh i'm happy to be late to work uh, for talking to you man so thank you well hey i i really appreciate you having me on and 
you know, at the end of the day, I'm not, um, I'm not ready to go buy a gun and go, um, go, go take somebody out. But, uh, I, I think that it's, it's been a good conversation and, um, I'm, I, I really appreciate your openness, um, to, to having me on and, and to hearing, hearing why, why I and why PETA believes, um, what we believe. And, and I respect, I respect you and I respect PETA. I do. And I, uh, I have perused the website a little bit and I will peruse it some more today and in the upcoming weeks and, and years, depending on how, uh, you know, how you guys do as an organization, because there's a lot, a lot of things that on there on the website, and I'll tell the hunters this. I don't know if you've ever gotten on the PETA website, but I would venture to say that a lot of hunters would agree with a lot of what PETA has to say. It, you know, of course, you may not, you definitely won't agree with the hunting part of it, I, but I think that's a small part of PETA. And I got a lot of understanding today uh, prior to, to talking with you uh, from looking at the website and looking at your your stance on certain things about animals, and I agree with a lot of it, man. I'd say I have to agree with like 80, 90 percent of what you're saying on your website. I just um, I wanted to know why you your organization would stand against something that I love so much, and I and I wanted to get your understanding, and I think I have today. So so thank you so much, Clayton, for being here, and um, I hope you know one day in the future we can talk again. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, and um, you know how to reach us. I, I do. I do now. Thank you, Clayton, and I uh, hope you have a good day today, man. All right, you too. Okay, bye-bye. Well, that was great. Uh, he just hung up, and uh, at, man, that was awesome. I think that was a really great conversation with PETA. I was a little scared to see how that would go. Um but I'm I'm happy with it, and so um, today is uh, the Thursday, the 28th of September. I'm hoping to post that this conversation today, along with if you listen to the entire thing, you heard the first the debacle in the beginning with um, me not getting a hold of him. It probably took about two or three minutes before I got a hold of him, but I'm not going to edit that out. I like for people to see me fall on my face, and I just did, and so. Um, and uh, I appreciate everybody listening. And I just want to say this. This is pretty cool talking to you without somebody here. Um, so I'm happy to, um, that, that, uh, that you're listening. I do. I haven't lately because it, it freaks me out and gives me anxiety. But I have looked at some of the demograph or the, um, the statistics on who's listening, where they're listening from. And, uh, man, it gives you, like, in detail a lot of things about um, the listeners, uh, not in particular, but just where you're listening from and the amount. And I thank you for listening, if you're out there listening. Um, I, this is a uh, this was a dream of mine to start this podcast, and I was really scared to do it. That's why I call it a courage experiment. And um, I finally got up the courage to do it, and uh, I really enjoy it. And I'm, I enjoy the fact that people are listening, so... Uh, thank you for that, and I hope you enjoyed this conversation with uh, with PETA, with Clayton from PETA, and I have a, uh, some really great ones coming up too, so uh, keep listening if you can, and uh, send me an email, um, uh, podcast uh, at gmail.com. If you have any uh, thoughts on the podcast or how we can make it or how I can make it better um, or suggestions about um, who you'd like me to, to talk to, 
it's been a lot of hunters lately, a lot of wildlife biologists, just because I'm pretty much I'm ate up with that right now. But I, I love fitness and I love the ocean and surfing and um, hunting and um, and um, and family. And so if anybody has any uh, suggestions about what they may want to hear, please um, email me again. The email is a courage experiment podcast at gmail.com. And I thank you all for listening today. Have a good one.